This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are you? Fabulous. How are you? I'm so excited to see you. I think I'm so excited. I'm speaking with an English accent. Um, For all those people tuning in to Hacking the Afterlife podcast, driving your car, be careful. Watch out for cars. Watch out for other cars. Drive safely. Listen responsibly for those who are tuning in for the first or last time. Yes. And for those that are tuning in, well, I don't know if you'll have it up here today. It's 420, which is a holiday for some people. So be especially careful driving. (laughs) Yeah, I just finished like 15 joint. You know, can I just say when I was in high school, I was one of those guys who went, oh, my gosh. First, I was completely against it, and then I found out that somebody I knew had, you know, tried it. So that meant like, oh my god! And that, so then, um, you know, we went out to a, a friend who said, "I've got some, you know, I can sell you a whole lid for twenty five bucks." <laughs> and we were like, "Oh my god! You know what's that?" Anyway, so we smoked a bag of oregano, and so <laughs> if you smoke enough oregano after, you know. You're going to start to feel a little nauseous anyway. Anyway. That's funny. Well, for those of you that don't know what 420 is, it's a holiday for smoking weed. Really? Cannabis. Maybe I'm not not doing it properly. I'm sorry for those of you that actually know it. But yeah, it's... 420 day. Yes. Happy 420. We, uh, you know, and it's amazing that we now live in a state where it's legal and, you know, people use it for back pain or whatever other pains that you know the uh whatever that stuff is called the gummies that you take Mm -hmm. i mean i did try it i did try the uh gummy or chocolate brownie version somebody gave me a brownie (laughs) say again i've had some fun with those okay and i all i could tell you is i was in a fetal position going i think i'm gonna have to call the hospital Oh, my goodness. I was so like, um, you know, it's so much stronger than it was when I was a kid. So all I can say is it's not for everybody. And it wasn't for me. And that really put the stop to that. No brownies for you, kid. Anyway, Jennifer, we're so lucky to have you here. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast yet again. So let's see if our friend Luana has anybody that's lurking. I do want to say something. Um, I want to thank everyone that participated in, in Saturday's events. Oh, how was that? Tell us about it, please. It was fabulous. So Jessica Alba was sweet enough to donate her house for um, this event that I was the, I read, you know, people that were there, um, got in front and read of people that were there, but it's called 321 Power. And this particular group, um, takes women who have been in human trafficking that it got out of human trafficking and they rehabilitate them to get back into the workforce and just to get back their lives. And it is just so dear, as you know, very dear to my heart. And it was so successful. There were so many amazing, beautiful, talented women that were there. And I was fortunate enough to be the event. And um, the event co-chair or is that what I you were? Just- I was, they asked me if I would, I told them I would donate whatever it was, time or readings or whatever. And they, so they put, I, we did our own wine and spirits. And so they had me to get there for like an hour and a half. And I read people that were 
there, which was super fun. That's, um, that's the main event. And then was that healing for them? That's my question. It was. I believe it was. Yeah. Because I've, I, you know, I've, I've had this discussion with people before, especially people who have had trauma, and you know, well, the women that were the women that were there were not the ones that were re- being rehabilitated. Those, those were the ones that were helping fund because it was a charity. Benefit. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So it was a charity. There were all people who were helping. Yes. All right. Well, that that's a little different. That's a little different. And then the next event I had to go straight to was the from the Alzheimer's Association, which I was on the committee for. Um, the spring gala, which was about music. And I'm telling you, Seal played, um, Rayvon Owen played, who was amazing. Um, it was just such a beautiful, gorgeous event. And I'm so grateful they raised over a half a million dollars that wow. night. And yeah, Trey Parker bought a table for 50000 Um So tell us where that event, if we could find it online or, or the organization. What's the name of the organization? The organization it's the Alzheimer's Association. And it um, for the Los Angeles chapter, it was at Skirball this last weekend. Um, right there. So I went from one to one and it was an incredible day. It was amazing. That I just got to dance and laugh and schmooze. <laughs> that was a little, that was fun. I didn't necessarily work. Yeah, that's great. That's really wonderful. Thank you, and thank, donated. Thank thank you, you for doing that. Thank you for helping people that I mean, one of my parents had to go through that experience and one of my, my grandparents as well. Same with, that's why it's so close to my heart. My grandmother passed away from it, you know, from having it for 10 years. And I told people, and we've discussed this on our, our podcast, how people that are not tied to their bodies live longer because they're not constantly telling it how bad they are, or they're sick or they're doing this or they're doing that. So you will find people that have Alzheimer's living longer. Interesting. Um, and, yeah. and Jennifer and I did an experiment uh, once it was uh, it was it was prior to our podcast I think it's in the book backstage past where a friend of mine's father was in hospice care and I just tried our methodology which was I said I wanted to speak to a fellow named Jack and you immediately said is this a person who's kind of on the planet and off the planet at the same time and then we spoke to him about what the experience was like first I had him verify who he was because, you know, there's a lot of Jacks out there, but he was, and he remembered me when I was a kid. He called me a punk, <laughs> which was a very Chicago thing to call me. But he also talked about his dog. He had a beagle that he used to feed toast to. Uh, anyway, and so asking, accessing Jack Tracy was a wonderful way to hear firsthand what it was like for him because we were accessing his higher self. Right because everybody brings a certain amount of their energy. And so we asked him how much of your conscious energy is in your body in hospice care. And his higher self said 10%. And he said, it's like leaving a leg in the pool while, you know, the rest of him is back home. And if anybody wants to read that interview, it's on my blog, but you just look up Jack's name, Jack Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, and my name, and you can find that. It's a wonderful interview with somebody who's experienced in dementia. And we asked him, you know, why don't you go home? You know, why not the rest of the 10%? And he said, because my grandchildren have to come and say goodbye. And ultimately he did pass away about two weeks after our podcast. You know, and I shared that with his family. And of course it's a little, uh, you know, it's a little tricky because of course not everybody in the family wanted to hear that 
life goes on. You know, they're not used to that. They're in the process of mourning and stuff like that. Right. Well, Luana, do you want to bring anybody into our podcast? I mean, do you want to bring Jack in? We can ask him what it's like being back home. And what the difference was. Yeah, what's the difference now that your leg's out of the pool? And his name is Jack Tracy, you said? Yeah. Hold on. Luana <laughs> met him, I'm her, pretty oh, sure. I know, but that's me. Right. <laughs> said my little... Okay, hold on. Yeah, okay. He says it's exceptionally fun to be over there. Please describe. What do you mean? All the things you can do all at once. And what, what would some of those things be, if you could, just a... I can write and sing and ride a car all at once. <laughs> write um, and sing and drive a car all at the same time. All at the same time. So, I'm like, does a car drive by itself? <laughs> um, hold on. That's interesting. So I'm, I'm like, what's the difference between being here? And he just showed me feeling like I felt really tight in my body. Like he knew he was still here. Like not my conscious. Now that's interesting. My other mind, I knew that I was trapped. Not right. So that, for, that portion of his conscious energy. Yeah. It's conscious energy. And it's just so freeing over here. Not having that. So, Jack, can we ask you some questions? Yeah. So what's your what's it like for you to get a call from us? I mean, here you are. You passed away a number of years ago. I can't remember how many, a few. But what's it like for you, for us to ring you up? And, I mean, does Luana come and grab you? And He said that he just put it in your head. <laughs> I believe that. He said putting it in your head to ask that question or, or to bring up Jack Tracy when I brought up the other. Yeah. And they're showing me, telling me to mention what I did this weekend. So also, Jack, if I can ask you some questions about people that I know very close to that are on the flip side. I have a picture of your son here next to me, uh, Paul. And my question would be, so what does Paul look like to you, your son? That's so funny. He said a small, 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 small little dot. And what do you mean by that? I don't know. It's just what he showed me. This is son Aww. Paul Tracy. My brother sent me this for my birthday. You know, we were good pals. And uh, he passed away some years ago. So what do you mean by little dot? You mean like, can you bring Paul forward? Hold on. Make so Paul, big... Paul is his son, right? Paul is his son. Yeah, he passed away before. Hold on. We're all lights of energy. That's why he said the dot. Okay. You could see the eyes. So he's showing me like, it's almost like the face being invisible, but yet you can see the eyes of somebody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that translucent color? Color. That doesn't even make sense. Well, no, it does make sense, especially Paul's eyes are like a very unusual color of blue. Like pearl gray, blue something. I don't know. But 
Um, okay, hold on. So, uh, Jack, the question, I guess, is, are you hanging out with Paul, or are you off doing your own adventures, or is he doing his, or how does that work? We've caught up many times. Say again? He says, we've caught up, caught up caught many up. times. That's funny. He's far more advanced than I am. Your son, Paul. Yeah. And how, uh, and how, what do you mean by that? You mean in terms of spirituality or logic or joie de vie? All of it. So you show me even like to have the life that Paul had here and to leave the way that he did, right? And I don't remember. I'm just... No, you wouldn't know. I know. I know exactly what he's talking about. It's okay. I can let the audience know. Okay. And then... Um... Okay, show me again. Paul had a lot of growth here, more so than most of us did. I did. I, I did by losing him, but he did by leaving. I understand. I understand. So yeah, Paul was a super handsome guy. He was an athlete, and then he had a hip problem when he was in high school, and he he had he made a choice of having his hip repaired so he can play football again, and they screwed up the operation. So he spent the rest of his life with a severe limp and he had to have his hip replaced a number of times. This is back in the seventies and eighties. And when he passed away, his mother sent me some of his ashes with the proviso. I know you're into this sort of thing. And yeah. when I was digging through the ashes to take with me to India, cause I thought, Oh, I'll, I'll scatter his ashes in a river or something. And when I got through the ashes, this thing came out of the ashes about this big and i was like what the heck is that a piece of a black thing and it was his hip and as my friend dave said the thing he hated most in life he willed to you so now his hip is in tibet <laughs> holding up a stupa on the other side of mount kailash so but that aside so paul is there anything you want to say because uh, here i'm yanked you in here what do you want to say i'm still laughing about your last comment <laughs> about the way he willed to you Oh, he loves where you put him. He says, it was beautiful. It was magical. He says, he was right there when you did it. He was wow. right there with you. He was yeah. there as you climbed in your hip hurt, he said. Yeah, that's right. Before my, it's <laughs> almost like I've had to have my hip replaced too. So I always thought about you and your thing. He I said, must. Your toe was hurting at the time. Well, here's the thing. When I was in Tibet, I was walking around Mon Kailash you know, carrying a camera equipment and stuff. And I was thinking to myself, this is easily the hardest walk I've ever had in my life. And I heard Paul's voice clear as a bell say, do you think it was hard for you to walk? It's hard for, it was really much harder for me. And I, I literally looked around like, is that you? And then he said, Paul, do you want to tell her what you said? Or I'll repeat it. It's okay. One, one way or the other. Go ahead. He said, you were responsible for the happiest day of my life. And yeah. I couldn't think of what he meant. And then he showed me. And it was a day when we were at my uncle's you're, house. You're at the uncle's house, something with the tree. Yeah, that's right. We, what, Did you guys take some acid or something? No, it was just a very magical day. We were both about 15, 16. Yeah. And we got lost in the woods behind my uncle's house in, in Ohio, Bricksville. And we were at a river and we found a watering hole. We didn't know where we were. It was like, what? And then we started diving off this, you know, cliff, you know, into the water. And we did that for like six hours. Oh my so goodness. I had completely forgotten about the day. 
And he was showing it to me while I was walking around a mountain in Tibet, the happiest day of his life. But what his father's referring to is that Paul had a lot of issues. He came out of the closet late in life and, and he kind of drank too much. And so anyway, he had a lot of issues that he was he overcoming. To everything. He wanted to be locked and loaded. He wanted to feel absolutely everything. When he was so there. it's fascinating for his father to say that because from his father's perspective, while he was on the planet, it was always difficult, you know, what was happening with Paul. But now from this perspective, he's saying his son Fire. went through more and went further because he had harder difficulties to overcome and learned more lessons while doing it. Right. It's really a profound lesson or, or teaching that he's giving us. You know, it made me think of like, you know, people that have left by their own accord, right? By suicide. Because that's the way it felt to me that Paul left. I know it's not, you know, you told me that's not the way he left. But um, to me, that like the amount of growth you, you have to have in order to, to leave this planet, whether you do it consciously or, un, you know, or not, when you're not there, or it's an accident or an overdose, because we've seen a lot of those lately. I mean, the growth that you get, I mean, not, I'm not saying that's you're you're growing. If you do that, please hear me. But the ones that have passed to be able to honor them, to know that their journey, we don't know what it's going to be like. Right. On the other yeah. side, get that little glimpse of how his son says a lot. I believe it's a, it's also provocative and interesting because when Paul passed away, he had called me and this was a conversation you and I had when we first met eight years ago, because I was concerned that Paul had called me mm -hmm. and I, uh, I answered the phone sarcastically the way we always spoke. What do you want? And he hung up the phone and I thought, Oh, he must be drunk. But it turned out that was the night he was having a heart attack and called me. And so he died sometime after that. But when they went to his apartment, he was all busted up. Like somebody had, smashed everything and and so they thought that he had gotten drunk or somebody had come out or something nobody knew and his mother some years later told me that one of their relatives had a heart attack and they when they did the dna blood test it turned out that the family had this very rare uh predile you know predilection for heart attacks uh, if wow. you're taking a certain drug and they had given him these drugs for his knee, which he had broken and they were, he was on these steroids and the steroid side effect was heart attack. So we got that from medicine. And then you and I, was that correct, Paul? Was that a heart attack that you had or was that, or was there some other event? I know we asked you at some point. We had a little drinking, but no, it was a heart attack. Yeah. Cause he was always a little drinking. Nothing like yeah, no. nothing dramatic. Okay, but you know, for years we went around going, he drank himself to death, and that was not the case. And so his mother said he would have been dead nine years prior if that was. <laughs> Sorry, Paul and I have that kind of uh, relationship where we laugh about everything. So uh, listen, I appreciate you coming forward, Paul. So what have you? What's it like for you? On the flip side, and I know the time is so different for you, and it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But what are you doing over there? <laughs> He's so sweet. He's like, I'm spending all my time learning what not to do on the planet. <laughs> how to help the planet, how not to 
kill the planet, how not to kill my, you know, not to do things, you know. I well, mean, if I may, there's a friend of ours, Karen, uh, who who called me up one day, right when I started this research, a couple of years after he passed, and she said that he had shown up in her bedroom at yeah. night, and she woke up and he was sitting there, and he said, I apologize, I wasn't, you know, sweeter to you when we had our relationship and they had had a relationship and they, and I think they were almost had a child together. So clearly wasn't that he came out of one closet, but you know, other closets anyway. And I know that we asked, or she might've asked somebody, um, whether that was accurate or not. And, and, you know, independent confirmation. So Paul, what's up over there? What are you doing? Who are you hanging out with? You knew Luana. What's it like for you to see Luana? Joy. He said so joy. Get... joy. Joy. Imagine, okay, so he's showing me like sitting on a, like, hold on. Like being outside by the ocean, like on a cliff, looking at the ocean and just talking for endless hours about lives, not just life, but lives. Hold on. It's funny because I said, do you talk about your past lives? And he's like, not past. I'm like, okay, so all your lives. He said, yes. Because you know how we, I believe there's no time over there. Yeah, yeah. And they're happening simultaneously. Um, I'm like, I still think if they're happening simultaneously, can't we save the planet that way? Can't we just jump? Well, I think it's a, it feels like they're happening simultaneously. They're linear in terms of how they how we learn stuff because otherwise we wouldn't learn anything if we kept jumping back. But I think what he's saying is you you can observe all of them simultaneously. So it's like they're all in front of you. Well, that's it. Oh, well, of course, yeah. And then that way you can have a discussion about the 17th century or the 15th century or whatever it is. You remember that time, blah blah blah. Right. Um, so uh, that's interesting. So you, who else, who were you surprised to see over there, Paul? Prince. Ooh, Prince. Did you yeah. say Prince? Yeah. Okay. All right. He was saying he's on, I don't have a list, but I do have something I want to ask to mention to Prince. Does he want to come forward? Paul, we're not kicking you out of the chair. You stay there. Prince could sit right on the edge of the chair. He's like, we're on the peas. So yes, Prince. <laughs> <laughs> so Prince, I want to thank you about something. Okay. You stop by our podcast, maybe, I don't know, two or three podcasts ago, and you mentioned a book. Now, Jennifer, have you read this book by Bono called Surrender? I love it, but I'm only like halfway through it. Okay. Well, I, then I was going to, I was going to try to demonstrate that. So Prince, I see. So Prince is reading it with you. Let's put it that way. So he's reading what's going on in Bono's words. Because mm -hmm. I was going to ask Prince, how is it that you're aware of this book? Because you mentioned that it was like poetry in music. Words, poetry. Well, he's showing me. Okay, he's showing me. Just give me a second. Um, we give him stuff to write. So he's showing me being there while Bono's getting the information down here. And he was helping him up there. And so, yeah, we get word of what's going he, on. He does mention Prince in the book. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, he just went like this. 
Um, hold on. So they, they get the information and then that's not all. Then, then they get to watch on the other side, how, what they do with that information, how it, how it manifests here, right? Whether it's a book or a song or both or yeah. Music. Right. Yeah. And it's a fast. I mean, I'm, I'm reading it now as well. And it's an, a, a brilliant. I mean, I'm a fan of Irish poets. I, I, took, love, I love it. All his stories. He's such a great storyteller. He's a great okay. storyteller. He's got the gift of gab. And he also, you know, he's a little bit like uh, William Butler Yeats in a way, because the way he observes the world and Keats, John Keats even mentions him. And there's so many Joyce, there's so many wordsmiths that came out of Dublin. And I think he's one of them. But that idea of he puts words together like poetry. And then you can hear the song when he starts talking about, you know, one of the songs that he wrote, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But and I was are you listening to it or are you reading it? I'm I'm reading it. That's funny. Okay. I'm hearing it in my head, but you're listening to it's it's his, I'm listening to it. It's his voice. It's Bono's voice. And so you get just like listening to your books. I always send your audiobooks to people. You know, because your voice, there's something about how, I don't know, the people process differently. There's some people that need a physical book, like my daughter. And then there's me that loves to listen. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I and I should. You're right. I should listen to his voice. That's a great idea. I will I pick up the Audible. Because why not? I mean, what the heck? That is, you know, the sound of Ireland. Um, all right, back to Paul. Sorry, Prince, we're not kicking you out. You're welcome to talk about anything. But Paul, so when you said you were impressed to see Prince, who else? Anybody that we might not know that you know or? Robin Williams, hold on. I said, why were you surprised? And he goes, well, we had similar torturous behaviors. <laughs> and is that what you share when you sort of meet somebody on the flip side? Do you share? the download of all your experiences or how does that work? The laughter and the sorrows, but they're not necessarily sorrows to us because we know what they did for us or why. The energy. Energy, yeah. The energy of the actions. Well, we've heard this often, you know, the frequency of actions and, you know, like karma, it means actions are energy in Sanskrit. So it's like we carry or we choose lifetimes where we can explore these things. Yeah. And Robin explored a number of things, including wit, but also the other stuff he explored. And Paul's the same way, who was a very witty fellow. Uh, yeah. But there, of course, there's no hierarchy. So, I mean, it's, uh, let me ask you, Paul. So when you run into someone like Robin Williams, I mean, is there a sense? I asked if there's a hierarchy and he goes, only in the Wattis class. <laughs> well, what do you mean by that? You mean like people sit closer to the, to Lou or? No, just who gets to go on. Who gets to go on? Because she has the list. Well, let's go to Lou for a second. Luana, if you don't mind. What was, a, oh, what, what was that face? Hmm. What about him? So I need to just tell him this is later, I guess. Okay. They just showed me somebody that we've seen before, but he's here. He's not over there yet. And they just say he's hanging on by a thread. 
All right, very good. Well, thank you, Lou. I'm, you know, I'm knowing you as well as I do, I can imagine who that might be. But Lou, what's it like when you saw Paul Tracy, somebody you knew? And when did you see him? Did you see him right when he popped over? Or? She saw him a little later. She saw him a little. He had. And, a, and can you describe why that is? Why why you saw him later? Was he just not ready to? chat wow no he has so many friends here from all his lifetimes so that's interesting i've never seen that before so so he goes through the litany of vikings and whatever medieval knights yeah it's what it feels like um he just had so many people to talk to and then that's how i and then Kind of what um, your friend Jack Tracy said, his dad, yeah. how he is more evolved kind of thing. You could see that. Like, I could feel it when she shared with me. I didn't see him right away because he had so many people that were there to greet him wow. all his lifetime. So that's also another great nugget, you know, like yeah. we see we know that we're going to see our parents, we're going to see our grandparents, you know. If, if our grandparents, you know, of course, if they're past, but, and maybe even great grandparents that we never met before, but all the people from all of our lives, I've never even, how many years have we been doing this? I've never even heard of that. Hmm. I, that's fascinating. And I, I do remember, and I can't remember if it was in my head or if it was when so, I was in Tibet. Back to everybody. You're not going to die alone. Yeah. But, that's great to, for, to, for people to hear. No yeah. one dies alone. There's so many people alone. that are going to greet you when you get on. So many people that, who you will know once you get there. Recognize. You'll recognize. Excuse you me. You owe ahead. me money from from the Renaissance, <laughs> and you served me that bad pizza back in 1470. Um, I mean, it's interesting because, of course, Paul and I have so you know we have a lot of friend, close friends, some who are here and some who are not. And you know, you your instinct is to go over the litany, the list. What about so and so? And blah, blah, blah. But this is so much more fascinating to hear that you know Paul was greeted by so many different people who were thrilled to see him. I would guess that's what he's saying. Yeah. And so at some point, then you catch Luana, or she catches shortly you. After. He says he says shortly after. And then, well, of course, time is so relative. But so what was that like for you, Paul? I mean, you know, people want to know, are, are you observing your family and friends on a sort of 24-7 basis? Or is it just something like you, a television channel you dip into when it suits you? Um, that's a great, hold on. No, whoever's still, well, twofold. He says, whoever still contacts me, you know, whether it's in, whether it's in their dream state or whether it's, you know, um, I don't know, whoever, he's just saying whoever contacts me, but then he also, can you show me again? Then he also showed me contacting you first, giving you like, hey, we talked about this story and then having them tell me. So orchestrating those conversations. Yeah, yeah. So there's and different ways, whether we're conscious of it or not. You and I pretty much know like when I get that, like, oh yeah, I need to say thank you. That didn't come from me, even though yeah. I feel like it did. 
Right. 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 Well, and I do remember I was starting to say I do remember Paul saying that your friend Luana is like a saint over here. And I remember you saying that and this was like right after you had passed. Yeah. It was like Luana is like a saint and I, it, I had no context for that. You know that we would eventually be having her be our moderator. So I just want to ask Paul a question about this backdrop. Can you see me now? I mean, of course you can see me sitting in my, you know, office in front of my computer. But this visual that I'm, that Jennifer can see. He could see yeah, he could see it through me. Through you. And so, like, would you tell Jennifer where this is? And if you know, Paul, I know where it is. But you and you may remember it. Okay. Hold on. I'm just like, is it Chicago? Is it your house? It, it, That's has, me. it has something to do with our relationship, this little backdrop here. Paul and I. Hold on. You may not remember. It's allowed. It was a birthday. Was there a birthday that you celebrated there? Uh, it might have been around his birthday that we met. Because he moved from a school on the south side of Chicago to my, our school, St. Norbert's, which is behind those trees over there. Okay. And there's a and creek. There's a creek right here that behind me that he and I. Sorry. That you guys, you guys found that watering hole. Well, right? no, no, that was in Ohio. This is in Illinois. This is Northbrook, Illinois, John Hughesville. And Paul and I went okay. to this grade school that's behind the, the building here. Okay, it felt like church. Why? It felt like something to do with the church. Literally behind me. The church is right there. I mean, okay, you can't, yeah, there's church. a porch there, and then just behind okay. that is St. That's Mary's what he said to me, because it's a church. Okay. And there was a creek that runs along the side of the, the, here we are with a creek, another creek story, but it runs along the side of the church. And when Paul and I met, we had to be uh, 1967, I think, we were 12. We would go down there and throw stones in that creek and get into fierce arguments <laughs> about who doesn't matter like are you going to hit it skip it twice you know we would argue relentlessly for hours and hours that was our friend is that how it began paul and i actually took a bus down to uh my to uh, fort lauderdale deerfield beach where his grandfather lived took a bus greyhound bus and I stole some of my dad's whiskey so we could drink it on the way. And when we got there, his grandfather was so annoyed with us arguing because we got sunburned the first day. And the rest of the time we were like inside arguing. And uh, his grandfather bought airplane tickets and flew us out of there. Like, get them out, get out of there. That's hilarious. It's hilarious. So that Paul and so I, we, we were used. So do you argue with anybody over there, Paul? Always. Not my dad, he said. But with who? Moana a little bit. Um, oh, his own animals, like his own dogs. That's another thing that we haven't seen. Hold on. They can argue over there. I guess Tyra does. They can argue over there. So, uh, all right, let me think of this dog's name. Um, and so you're, are you with your dad's dog, the Beagle? Is that what you're talking about? Looks like a Beagle to me. Hold on. Yep, that's him. Yeah, he's a stuffy little Hedda, rat. Hedda. Thank you, Paul. Put that in my head. That's the, funny because I was like, Hira? <laughs> close. Hedda. Hedda. So you, so what's it like meeting Hedda, the dog, 
and talking to Hedda. Hedda, this- Hedda might as well have gone like this to me. <laughs> so what, uh, Paul, what's Hedda, what's it like to talk to oh, Hedda? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I feel like Hedda, he tried to put Hedda on a, like on a diet and it didn't work or something like that. Yeah, that was the whole thing. They were feeding him toast in the morning and they were trying oh. to get him. I don't know why, you know, who feeds their dog toast, but that was a big deal. Anyway, what have you learned from Hedda, Paul? If anything. Oh, just how much love I gave her. They show us back just like they, oh, it's so interesting. He said, I didn't feel like I did a good job, but she, but I did an amazing job of love and I learned how to love and I learned how to care. Dogs help us learn how to care for things, including ourselves, right? Beautiful. Yeah, that was really sweet. And then I feel like the dog bit him. <laughs> so I'm going to, Paul, I'm just going to ask you, have you, um, you know, and we don't have to talk, go into depth, but have you seen Billy, Bill, or that's not our Paxson, but another one, Bill or Bill, Craig? The one that you just showed me the picture of us on the beach when I first met Billy. Very good. So when Not Jennifer her. and I, Jennifer was shooting, I introduced Jennifer to a German filmmaker and they were interviewing her literally in Santa Monica Beach. And in the middle of the interview, I got a text that Billy Meyer had died. And we turned, I'd mentioned it to her and she said, I see him and then described him to a deep, to an, so are you hanging out with Bill or, or is that, I mean, is that not? No. <laughs> Like I don't have time to babysit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Or Craig. He's like we're all learning. We're all having fun. Hold on. He goes. We're all having fun because we have a lot to be responsible for with the ones down here. Down here, by the way, the ones that are here. The ones that are here. Mm-hmm. Paul's birthday is coming up. Uh, next week. Wow, five, five four. And Luana, five twelve. That's right. Oh, my daughter's birthday. <laughs> That's true. How do I not? What's wrong with me? That's so funny. Um, yeah, is he turning seventy? Oh, you're right. God, I didn't think of that. You're right. I was going to say he's turning, but he was older than me. He had been held back for a year for some reason. I'm sixty-eight, so he's sixty-nine. I think. I don't Maybe. know. He, showed, he just showed me 70. So. Close enough. <laughs> it's close enough. Maybe he is 70. and you know, Maybe he was two years ahead of us. We don't know. Um, Luana, our pal, we're going to hand the VIP list back to you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jack. Wow, what a treat to talk to both of you. You guys are so cool. We miss you. But uh, Luana, who else do you want us to talk to? She wants to talk about you. Because you and I both had dreams about, because we talked last night, but we both had dreams with each other. I had a dream with you in it and Sherry and your daughter. Wow. They were searching for something. And Liv, it was so great because she was just, she was talking to me about all these interesting things, like how she did yesterday. Yeah. I love your, I love your family so much. Um, So sweet. I uh, know, but I truly do. Like, I love Sherry. I love your wife and I love your kids. Um, and 
just she was it was just she was giving me comfort so here your daughter was giving me comfort about what we were doing which i have no idea we were around wow. somewhere um but that everything was going to be okay and not to worry about it and i kept feeling like we were circling back just you know but anyway so she showed me you though not not me um does she want to talk about the new book or does she want to talk about some dream that uh, I had? Both. Uh, so she wants to talk about just real fast saying, well, just remind me, we'll talk about it off air. Okay. And then about the book, congratulations on number one. <laughs> so the book is number one in its genre. Yay, I'm so excited. Kindle, you know, for the whatever... I, you know, it's I, like I say, I kind of snuck it out into the world. And but the it's the, the greatest story never told is told by Jesus and those who knew him. Um, and it was of David Kirkpatrick, former Paramount and Disney chief, talked me into doing this book, which was all the interviews I've done with people like Jennifer over the past, I don't know, 10 years and put them all in order, like the order of his life. Um, and I also added the historical context of like the era and what people said. So it's a fascinating, very dense book. It's only 550 pages, but um, I don't know. I is have a feeling it'll help. Audio, is the audio book out yet? The audio book will be any day now. I've submitted it and yeah. it should be, I mean, hopefully knock on wood. Sometimes they go, you know, you forgot to whatever, but I haven't heard anything yet, but it could be any day now. And I, you know, I'll post it at on Facebook or richmartini.com when it comes out. Um, you know, and I, I got to apologize. I guess sometimes I cry when I when I'm reading this stuff. It's so that's, intense. That's why I love it, though. That's why, like, I get to you get more involved with the book. That's why I love, you know, when you talk about when. That's why I love tuning into the afterlife because I get to tell the times where you were just. It was a lot, you know, when we talked about <laughs> And then sometimes I do the different voices of the different characters, especially in the historical part, because you know, when you're when you're talking about these quotes from the Bible, why not? Why not do a voice? I mean, you know, what did Judas talk like? Or what would what was the sound of his voice like? Was he a tough guy? You know, whatever that is. So I do like kind of weirdly anyway. Give me keep going, but I, I'm trying. Well, no, just that, just that, you know, I, I was apologizing on behalf of uh, thespians everywhere <laughs> as, as I enjoy myself when I read the book. It is such a spectacular book, she's saying. Like, they're all, the whole class of theirs, like, has it open. Like, they have the books open. It has yeah. so it has more potency than you're aware of. Yes. As uh, I did have a dream back in 2000. Oh, let's ask Luana. Let me ask Lou. Can I ask you a question, Lou? In 2003, and this is a softball question, so I'm kind of hoping the answer is what I think it is. But in 2003, I had a dream. This is before I met Jennifer. Was it? Yeah. Um, I had a dream where you were talking to me. You had been off the planet for seven years. And you said to me, a thousand generations rest upon your shoulders. What did you mean by that? The hopes of a thousand generations rest upon your shoulders. 
It's with the work that you're doing, the work that we're doing, and also all the books and everything, because people are going to be reading them from, you know, they just showed me Vincent Van Gogh, his self-portrait. Right. You know, never sold a freaking painting his entire life. And now he's the most successful artist who ever lived. So if that's my fate, that is my fate. But I think it's kind of amusing. It's still, funny. okay, that's very good. Sure. So here, okay. here I was hoping Luana was going to go, it was about this book. But when, no, what she's but saying, it, it's about the work, about which the is work. which is great. That it's, book is going to, like, so what you saw then, hold on. So if you think about it, it is about that book, which she's like, all the other work that you do is like addendums, <laughs> like all the other books. All yeah, the no, no. And, but, but by, and this might be the book that attracts somebody to go, what the heck is this? And then if they appreciate it, and again, it's not me, this is not my opinion or theory. Uh, these are transcripts of me interviewing people. And the only thing I bring to the plate is I'm an annoying questioner, like Jennifer knows, sweatshop that I put her through when I ask her a thousand questions and it, I'm, I allow myself not to edit whatever pops into my head. So you, that, hey, you taught me a lot. And there's, there's so many people that are just now understanding that you can ask questions, right? I ask questions all the time when I'm working with the other, you know, like with, I, yeah. have, I have a packed day of clients today and a packed day of spirits today. So I'm constantly asking questions, but you taught me so much through this work of not to judge it. Like I was telling, like, for instance, I had a great event on Monday night. It was wine and spirits at uncorked in Manhattan beach. So, and if you guys are ever interested and you're in the LA area, look at my website, go down to the bottom and you'll see where you can see where, you know, for $50, you get a glass of wine and you get me for two hours. And we, you know, there's only a certain amount of people that are going there. But anyways, I got, I'll just share with you. And if it's because of you that I don't question it. And so I was getting, okay, there's somebody that I'm getting, I think it was May 26th. I'm like, I'm getting May 26th. I'm getting somebody that has a heart issue and somebody that has a lung issue. They're both coming at the same time. Somebody that's three years and one year and, you know, and dead crickets. And then all of a sudden I'm like, and you guys remember this could mean, you know, this could be about somebody that's here too. Yeah. Both people, there was two people that both the people that came through, it's, it was their death date was May 26th. And then one person was gone for three years. The other person was gone for one year. One wow. person had a heart attack. The other person had lungs. I'm like, well, they're both coming in together, but it was like that. But if I had sat there and got into my head, like, okay. Bueller, what does this mean? Yeah. What do they mean by that? I just have to let them like, so it, it just goes back to, even though we get information, I could have thought that's a birthday. It's, you know, when you think of a date, but just get the date and then ask more questions about it. Yeah. Same thing for people listening to us. The idea of it happens in a dream or something mm -hmm. happens, instead of dismissing it, just say, okay, who's trying to reach out to me? It could even be a weird, like somebody the other day wrote to me and said on Quora and said, our form hacking the afterlife. I had these two dogs run into my house like twice. I don't even know these dogs. Do you think they're related to my loved one who passed away? And I said, you know, it's possible, but you are the best way to find that out is to ask the person on the other side, what's the meaning of this? And to right. sort of, you know, allow yourself to, to figure out what that is.
So I know I don't have you for much longer, Jennifer. I'm sorry. That's all right. Listen, we so, look at this hour has gone by. Like just now, I've been working since eleven o'clock. You and are so cool. Ready at one, and I have and I have till seven p.m. from eleven to seven with just that little fifteen. Wow, talking to spirit. Well, let's talk. Let's say I'm let's go ahead. Sorry. I'm so happy. Still, I'm happy to go to work every day. <laughs> well, so oh, the reason I brought. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're going to say, I'm so sorry. There's an eclipse that's happening right now. And also Mercury goes in retrograde tomorrow. So if you're feeling, just allow things to have buffers in between things, allow things to get mixed up, allow your appointment to get screwed up, allow timing things, you know, like, you know, on Tuesday I got here, I had, you know, I had 15, you know, 10 minutes ago, get to my appointment and somebody was parked in my car spot. Well, anybody that knows Manhattan beach, there's no spots if you have like there's nothing yeah right. <laughs> hard park. nobody had the car nobody it was just and so my first client then couldn't i couldn't talk to because she had to pick up her kids it was just it was i just had to like let it go every day just allow yourself it's not bad just allow things to happen like go right. with the flow instead of going against it because you could get mad but that's just wasted energy instead save it up for something else but that's all i wanted to say that's brilliant. I really appreciate that. And I was in Manhattan Beach the other day, and it was the whole the waiter came over to the table and said, "I hope you didn't park over here because they're towing." So, um, but I just wanted to say thank you to Luana, of course, and to Jennifer for allowing us to make this kind of unusual forum exist. Jack Tracy, the reason I brought him forward was for those people who have relatives and loved ones suffering from dementia, which he was in hospice care for the last weeks of his life, you can communicate with them. You don't have to have Jennifer. Of course, it helps. But if you meditate on them and ask questions, they can answer your questions and give more than happy to. They're so happy to. And they're fully aware of everything that's being said or done with them. But don't take it so personally, because you too will be off stage at one point. And you'll realize, like, you know, what the heck? Anyway, and then the fact that his son, Paul Tracy, one of our dearest friends, you know, who passed away in, I think, 2004, the fact that, you know, that I don't use Jennifer like this very often where I ask for a personal something. But the reason I do it today is for those people who to hear that Paul is somebody who exists, who knows about what's going on and is there's a church in your background <laughs> and there's a church right over my shoulder saint norbert's church which by the way because of this you know i thank all the nuns from saint norbert's because because they allowed me to question that's why this book came out um anyway thank you jennifer we love you i love you too richard all okay. right bye love love this has been hacking the afterlife podcast with jennifer schaefer for more information, jenniferschafer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.